We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? Yeah, as you know, Eamon, I can't taste anything at the moment. I believe I am suffering from what the newspapers call long COVID. I know. I think I've taken this news harder than you have because I think I am what you'd classically call a glutton. I love eating just constantly. Yeah. So the idea of not being able to taste that precious food, it's awful. It sucks. And my smell is completely gone, like I can't smell the cat's poo. I should point out that you're just talking about the cat that you own doing poos. We're not saying that you eat cat no, poo, are we? No, I don't. Or are we? Uh, no, no, I try not to. Yeah, sometimes temptation gets too great. Yeah. One of the other things I've been a little uncomfortable seeing you eat mm. is Tide Pods. Oh, well, last time we spoke, but, did a video call. You were eating a big cereal bowl full of Tide Pods. That's right. And yeah. all the green was going down the side of your mouth <laughs> and like getting foamy. And, and I was like, I don't think you should be doing this, Ben. And you're like, I can't taste them. It's fine. They pop in your mouth. It's really satisfying. You were going on and on about how, how pleasant the texture was. Yeah, it's really good. Gives you really weird dreams too. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're awake. <laughs> it's really good. I'm not going to stop. Even when you get your sense of taste back. Yeah. I can't wait to mm. taste them. That's going to be even better. They taste good, right? They're supposed to be uh, incredibly Moorish. Mm. I can't see either. Oh. I think that's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've very much gone down the Donald Trump cure for COVID. Yeah. And well, you also said that you were tripping balls so much you jumped out the window and you now <laughs> can't walk, which you also put down as a side effect of COVID. It's all these terrible side effects. It has got worse since I started eating the Tide Pods, but I don't think it's anything to do with them. I think it's COVID. Oh, yeah, we should point out this episode is brought to you by Tide Pods. (laughs) They're the (laughs) flavour. Are you sure this is an hospital, Pat? Oh, yeah, it had one of the big red crosses outside. What does that sign say? I don't know, I didn't bring me glasses. It's all written in Cantonese. Oh, I need a doctor. All you need is a little bit of moisturiser, I told you that. Ask one of the nurses where I can find a doctor. Excuse me. Where's she running off to? She's got more important things to deal with than your dry bum. Keep your voice down, woman. No one cares about your dry bum. Hey? I said, no one cares about your dry bum. I can't hear you. There's a little racket going on in here. They must be doing some building work or something. Oh, my backside's burning. It's so very dry. Well, your pants have been too tight for years, Fred. I told you that. There's nothing to do with me pants. And you've spent too long sitting on that toilet. Oh, he doesn't look very well. No, he needs to put a bit of gold on his head. I think he needs a bit more than that. Let's just go. I saw a pharmacy next to the hotel. I'm not going anywhere until I see a doctor. All right, let's go to the pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ben. Yes, Eamon? I thought we'd do one of those ASMR-type podcasts. All right. Where 
all you do is speak quietly and apparently it means something and halfway through it suddenly becomes some kind of profound experience oh, wow. as opposed to some bs nonsense that makes no sense <laughs> i can't wait is my head gonna grow your head will grow yeah and hopefully the listeners will start slowly cranking up the volume oh that's a good idea and then when it gets really loud i'm gonna pop this enormous balloon that i'm, that I'm holding <laughs> Yeah, it's just a way of <laughs> alienating slash deafening the only <laughs> listeners that, that we have. <laughs> They've had it coming, haven't they? What, do you know what I've done? I've actually inflated a, a hot water bottle with one of those electric air mattress pumps. <laughs> it is this close to going off. <laughs> hey, guess what? This, this is the last podcast you'll ever listen to. <laughs> uh, oh. Any joking? We're not going to deafen you. Can't do it. Don't want to be quiet. No, no. Although I have inflated a, a hot water bottle, I'll just have to detonate it in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. What is this? I'm going to see how quick I can do this. <clears throat> Here we go. Go. Sorry, I've not started yet. Uh, oh, God, is the time still going? Yeah, yeah go. Uh, okay, okay. So, um, <clears throat> is it still going? Yes, it's been oh, going God. for a while now. <laughs> okay, watching... watching. <laughs> God, I've got to go watching dads on the toilet. Watching <laughs> films on the toilet podcast about dads with no time and young families who can't watch the violent films they want to watch so the only place they can watch it in the toilet and they have to watch it in chunk down bits uh and that's the end that took ages i feel like that was three or four seconds was that close oh, that, no that was a really long time okay i thought you were going to do it like one of those warnings at the end of the adverts <laughs> may damage your liver heart and kidneys but don't worry about it they always ran yeah. off with saying don't worry about it <laughs> yeah so yeah it's uh, the usual well I can say it's the usual deal, but it's not the usual deal, is it, Ben? Different podcast today. It's different to what you're used to. We are having a guest. The first time we've got a guest. An experienced podcaster who knows what they're doing. <laughs> Why would we do that? Oh, God. But his name is Russ Brock, and he is one of the hosts of I'm Scum and Idols Cast, which is a podcast all about the best band in the world, Idols. You got to know Russ through your mutual love of Idols. I did. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And I've I've actually been on his podcast a few times. So we are... I, do, I feel like returning the favour is the wrong way of putting it. It feels like he's given us a lift in his car and in return we've blown it up. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be later on. And we will be talking... It, 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 it's doubly exciting. Mm -hmm. We'll be talking about the 1992 Hong Kong action film, Hard Boiled. Yeah. Which is considered to be... One of the greatest action films of all time. Yeah, it is a, and I say this for the first time with no hint of irony, this could be a good show. <laughs> <laughs> be nice to do one good one. Yeah. And then we can stop. It might be that you just end up hearing Russ talk uninterrupted for 30 minutes. Yeah. Because we've decided to edit out all the rubbish that we talk. To use a sport analogy it's like if michael jordan joined the plymouth raiders <laughs> uh, we will make it, that's us we're the plymouth raiders i mean it still kind of feels like we're bigging ourselves up too much that's true. by comparing ourselves to plymouth if raiders. michael jordan just came and joined our basketball team yeah if me and you were shooting hoops <laughs> and we were like hey michael jordan think you can take us on it'd be kind of like that so yeah super exciting we've got that to come but first a little bit of correspondence okay boom got an email here uh, okay. Let me read it out. Yeah. Dear watching films on the toilet, Devon funny man Josh Widdicombe here. I just wanted to get in touch because of the things you said about me in your podcast. Oh no. Yeah. I know you're just messing about and I can take a joke as much as the next guy, but I wanted to put a couple of things straight. 
I'm not some pampered, out-of-touch celebrity doing material that I think will be relatable. I'm an ordinary bloke just like you guys. Except all my wildest dreams have come true, <laughs> my every whim is catered for, and I'll never have to worry about money ever again. My grumpy, downtrodden outlook is a perfect way to find humour in the pettiness and tedium of regular life. Yeah. I may modify certain elements to make them more relatable from time to time, but I don't think this takes away from the truth of these observations about human nature. For example, my classic bit about not being given a plastic spoon didn't actually happen in Pret-a-Manger, but in Harvey Nichols. And it wasn't a plastic spoon, it was a Fabergé egg. Or the obnoxious custom support lady I had a row with in Debenhams was actually a housemaid I had deported for making eye contact with my wife. Another example, the story I tell about my daft mate Dean, who's always getting me into trouble, is in fact about a Russian gangster named Sergei who hosts the weird eyes wide shut parties that I go to. And unlike Dean, who accidentally knocked down a fruit display in a supermarket, Sergey broke the fingers of a man he suspected of setting up a rival swingers club. You see, I'm just like you. Please stop with the ribbing, lads. Or Sergey said he will break your ankles with his big sledgehammer. Lots of love, Josh Whittaker. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he, he is a real everyman figure, isn't he's he, Josh just, He's just like us, isn't he? I mean, you know, yeah. sounds like he's just like me. Yeah. Not, not so much like you. No, um, well, I'm poor. Yeah. Well, I've got a butler, so... yeah. I think me and Josh would get along quite well. Have you met him at one of those parties? <laughs> <laughs> I might have done. We all wear masks. Yeah. He could have been there. He could have been. Yeah. I'm not saying he definitely was. No. No. We're not saying that. We're not legally saying that. But he might have been. Yeah. I was disappointed that he got rid of the housemaid. Having been with Jason for many, many You've years now. You've rigged up one of those electric shock belts on <laughs> Jason that old <laughs> Vince Vaughan wears in right. Cell Block 99. If you ever feel he's, he's too close to looking at you, just give him a little shock to let him know you're too close. Yeah, quite a long shock. I tell him every morning, we've got 25 shocks to go today, Jason. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you yeah. when they're going to happen. He bends over a lot. Well, your favourite joke to him is, knock, knock, who's there? Dull abdominal pain. And then just go... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> until he can't walk. Oh, it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. <laughs> you know, Josh Whittacombe will probably be listening to this. He's going to get some great ideas. <laughs> We should send him one of the belts as a gift. Don't you hate it when your housemaid is mouthing off and your electric shock belt stopped working? Classic observation, Josh. <laughs> that is classic. He has lost his everyman touch and he started doing that material. I start going off him. Okay, time for toilet news, Ben. Hey, hey. To wipe or not to wipe. Moment, a massive huntsman spider is spotted sitting on a toilet roll in a public bathroom. Ay, 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 ay. An Australian has posted a terrifying photo of a huge huntsman spider sitting on the toilet paper roll in a public toilet, shocking people around the world. <laughs> oh, crikey. You either have to wipe or walk away without wiping. Both choices aren't pleasant, the unknown Aussie wrote on the picture. Yeah, I think I just leave. Yeah. My sister and brother and brother-in-law live, live in Australia. Yeah. And stayed at their house mm. they said oh we do get spiders from time to time and yeah. sure enough the next morning my daughter came into, into the spare room and she was like daddy there's a, there's a spider on the wall and i was like oh yeah. okay i can have a look at it oh, yeah. and i went out into the front room and i just my stomach went cold this spider was like oh. it was like the size of a saucer they're freaking enormous oh, and they God. move so quickly oh. the thing is the spiders we get they just crawl under the sofa or in a gap in the floorboards or something yeah, like yeah. this. Where does that go? Yeah. Like that's going to, what, sit on your sofa? 
Maybe go and make itself an omelette or something. Or run up your butthole, maybe. <laughs> Could. Yeah. Yeah. Go on your face like a face hugger. Oh, God. <laughs> if I had a spider that big in my house, I would burn it to the ground and just buy a new house. But you did. Yeah. I did, there. yeah. So I burnt my sister's house to the ground. <laughs> and uh, that's why we don't speak anymore. I'd say that's fair. You burning it to the ground, not that she won't speak to you anymore. That's That's not fair on you. You did the right thing. No. Yeah, I had sort of got her up in the middle of the morning, thick smoke choking her. We need to get out of here now. Yeah. I just saw a big spider. I've set the house on fire. You can thank me later. And she said, why didn't you call Greg Tonkins as you dragged her out through the through the flames? That's right, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know him then, you said. Didn't, yeah. Yeah. Not like you know him now. <laughs> I said at the time, I didn't know him then. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. I must have done. <laughs> Hang on. That hurts my brain. The best way to stop someone worrying about their house burning down is to confuse them with time travel logic. That's right, yeah. yeah. She was so busy yeah. being confused about that that her entire house just went up in flames. Well, again, and, not uh, your fault. I would have done the same thing. Oh, I, I think anyone would in, in mind. Literally anyone. Yeah. Russ? Uh, yeah. Hello? Hi, can we come in? Uh... I'm I'm doing some business right now. Uh okay, currently we, we can wait. It's fine. We'll no, wait. that's I'm I'm on the cleanse cycle on my bidet right now. So it, <laughs> I mean just give me a moment. Okay, cool. Well, you know, when you're dry, if we can come in, that would be great. Okay. Uh yeah, just give me one second. Okay. <laughs> How's he getting on in there, Ben? I don't know. I mean bit rude he probably could have done that before we arrived he knew we were coming but all these towels are dirty <laughs> Eamon you knock this time I'm... okay uh, hey 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 hi hey, Hello. Oh, hey. Thanks. thanks for having us in yeah thank you hi yes Much appreciate welcome to, to my toilet home <laughs> it's, it's bigger than I expected actually really because it's smaller than I intended <laughs> I go to the bathroom in the House of Leaves. It takes you about uh, six minutes to get to the bathroom and then about three years to get back from it. Uh, it's just a labyrinthian nightmare. Welcome. Yeah, well, no, thank you very much for having us. That's really kind of you. So you are our first guest on the podcast, and we're very pleased that it was you. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to say, Ben, as someone who has podcasted with you before, yes, I'm very, very excited for this. <laughs> Well, this time we have the wild card yeah. that is Eamon joining us. I'm incredibly brittle. So if at any point I feel like I'm not included <laughs> enough or you're making some kind of private joke about mm. me, I will fly off the f***ing handle, <laughs> smash my own laptop and just leave. Yeah, that's right. I mean... It sounds like I'm joking. That is probably a pretty accurate <laughs> description of my personality, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, um, that really yeah. is. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Um, so now yeah, you know, Eamon. Um, and this is why yeah. we haven't had a guest on sooner. <laughs> that's the warmth I look for from Films on the Toilet, the podcast about sitting your bum down on uh, just a nice porcelain throne that's hopefully not heated and just gives you a nice little cool jolt of like, ooh, I'm alive. That's it. That's exactly um, it. I must say that... Without you and Haley, this podcast wouldn't exist because you've had me on that a few is... times. And without that, I don't think we'd be doing this right now. 
So that's a sincere thank you before we get into no more sincerity and ridiculousness. Well, as someone who has been told that when I'm being sincere, I sound like I'm being sarcastic. Thank you so much, Ben. It really means the world. (laughs) Good, good. When I first went to Disneyland for my first time as an adult, I went there with a couple of friends. And at the end of the day, they're like, did you have fun? Because I was being cynical about it. Like, what are we going to Disneyland for? Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm like, hey, I just wanted to say I had a great time and I feel like I really reconnected with my childhood here today. And I, um, I really feel like I bonded with everybody here today. And then they all kind of looked around just like, are you doing a bit right now? And I was like, no, I'm being genuine. And they're like, oh, that's a problem. You should work on that more. And I haven't. No, why bother? You're not going to say things like that very often, so it's fine. No, so why not deliver them with the least amount of enthusiasm as possible? I like that you tried to say thank you and just made them all feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> that's my MO. Yeah. So this week uh, we are talking about hard-boiled Eamon, how many sittings did it take you to get through this film? It took me six individual toilet trips. Okay, that's not too bad. It's just over two hours, I think, the film. It's quite long. Did you break that into particular parts of the film that you'd spend longer watching, or was it just six identical chunks? I'm very fastidious when it comes to things like this, so I made sure that to the second, each section was exactly the same. Did you work out on a calculator before you started? Even if I was halfway through something, I was like, well, time's up. (laughs) Excellent. Stop there. That's good. It only took me three. What about you, Russ? How many sittings? So it took me only two sittings. Okay. Mostly because I was watching it on a PlayStation 3 on the collector's edition of the video game Stranglehold, the sequel to Hard Boiled. (laughs) And, you know, it took two sittings because I kept saying, I'm going to flip over to this game right here and just get some points and up that (laughs) star rating and John Woo presents Stranglehold, a Tiger Hill game. Completely forgot that I played it at the time. I loved it. Did you play it, Eamon? No, I, I was too busy probably playing Mario Kart, kicking ass on that. <laughs> yeah. Doing some sweet moves, yeah. When you play Mario Kart, it just goes into slow motion and doves <laughs> just start flying all around you. <laughs> That's right, it's the uh, Mario Kart John Woo edition. I would play that. It's horrible at the end, though, because Princess gets shot to death. Oh, so bleak. Oh, God. Mario, no! <laughs> Mario is holding Peach in his in his arms and just goes, wow! Yeah, they always got very sentimental at the end of every race. <laughs> so I'm guessing you had the toilet door open so you could see the PlayStation. Oh, no. What I did was I, I just got an extension cord and I brought the PlayStation physically into the bathroom with me <laughs> and then had a series of mirrors set up. Uh, like, like the end of Enter the Dragon or the Man with the Golden Gun, so I could catch the reflection of it perfectly. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's it almost would have been easier not to watch it on the toilet, but where's the joy in that? <laughs> None at all. <laughs> so, Russ, as you know, each week, Eamon does a very long wee. Which allows yeah, me it, to... medically, it makes me worried sometimes. I've been nursing a bladder infection since episode three. <laughs> so, you know, we call this the big wee summer wee. Yeah, each week, Eamon normally does a very long wee. And in the time he does that, I will summarise the film or attempt to. But this week, uh, you have very kindly offered 
to do a really long wee for me. So what have you been drinking? Well, I have been drinking quite a bit. I had two tequila slammers Excellent. and uh, three glasses of that, that weird antacid that tequila drinks <laughs> yeah. uh, in the movie. And Perfect. then one very tall drink of water named Chow Yun Fat. Uh, so that was what I had to drink in for my Thank long you. wee. Thank you. So you tossed away your sobriety in order to give me a nice You know, I was week. about to hit a year and a half and I said, to hell with it. We're, <laughs> we're doing hard-boiled, baby. Oh, there's no better way to end it. No, not at all. I'm, all. I'm already beginning to feel massively insecure because Russ has done a far better thematic job on the big summary <laughs> than I have ever done. Than you've ever done. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, it's whatever I can think of on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Russ has really thought about it and made it Whatever funny unrelated, funny name drink you can think of. <laughs> Nothing to do with the actual movie. Yeah. Well, you know, moving forward, he's given you something to work towards. He's setting a very high bar already. He is, but we don't know, Eamon. You might be able to snatch the win here. How long uh, did you... <laughs> How long was your wee, Russ? <laughs> well, the good news is I have severe kidney stones. Um, Fantastic. So it took me two minutes and 15 seconds <laughs> to fully purge wow. chow yun fat from uh, my body. <laughs> oh, crikey. Okay. Oh, like wow. glacier silt water. Like you ever seen water around a glacier? Yeah. Like in, in a river yes. runoff and yeah. you're like, oh, you'd expect it to be clear, but it's just milky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. That's, oh, wow. well, thank you for that. Nice thick, long wee. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah. viscous wee. Gonna, the tinkle sound effect's not going to work for that, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> just sludge being done. It'd be like someone pouring custard down the toilet. <laughs> Non-copyright <laughs> sludge sound are we looking for. <laughs> Hopefully I'll find it. I mean, that's loads of time. I don't think it's going to take me that long, but you never know. Okay, are you ready? Three, two, one, go. So, Chow Yun Fat plays Inspector Tequila, a clarinet playing hot-headed cop who is very quick to pull the trigger multiple times before not really asking any questions. Uh, we get to know him pretty quickly when his partner's killed during an investigation into illegal arms dealing. And instead of questioning the killer, he shoots him at close range in the head, which makes his boss, Superintendent Pang, quite cross, funnily enough. Then we meet the other protagonist of the story, Alan, played by Tony Leung, who is working for an old gangster called Uncle Hoy. Uh, Alan is headhunted by Johnny, a really smarmy guy who wants to get rid of Uncle Hoy. He gets Alan to prove his loyalty by shooting Uncle in a warehouse ambush. Moments after, Tequila swings in and shoots loads of bad guys before finding out Alan is actually an undercover cop. The pair discover that Johnny has a vault of weapons stashed under a local hospital, and when they're caught breaking in, a massive shootout begins between the police and the gangsters in which loads of poor, innocent people are killed. Thankfully, all the newborn babies are rescued before the hospital explodes. Johnny uses Alan as a hostage outside and makes Tequila slap himself a bit, but then Alan shoots himself through the stomach so Tequila can shoot Johnny, right? We presume Alan's dead because his police file is destroyed, but actually his identity's been erased so he can head off on his sailboat to start a new life. And that is the end. Yeah, absolutely crushed that, Ben. Thanks to Russ's giant and healthy <laughs> wee. A minute 35. 
you had time oh, wow. to spare that's there. very much under time yeah. i almost feel embarrassed that i didn't go into more detail <laughs> i normally prepare myself for your little bladdered effort but, um, you, know. you know how sensitive i am about my miniature bladder ben. oh god sorry but no that's great okay cool <laughs> Russ, how do you feel about yes. Chow Young Fat's tequila? The most charismatic action hero in all of action herodom, in my opinion. Chow Young Fat, like in this movie, tequila kind of reminds me of like, what if like Gregory Peck's Atticus Finch became a hard-boiled gun-toting detective? <laughs> like he's just like kind of got that swagger and energy oh about him. Oh my God, I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. He's seemingly such a nice man. And then he pulls out his guns and he does the most horrific <laughs> damage with them. And, you know, we meet him playing the clarinet. The clarinet sequence goes on for what seems like ages. And I think I started thinking, like, what's such a weird thing to see this clarinet playing policeman? Like, what, the, what a strange decision to make. But then I read that he'd been inspired, John Woo, by he met a cop or something like that who was a great musician. And that was like the way he centered himself. Just chill out with a nice bit of jazz. What about Alan? He's very slick when we meet him, isn't he? He's, he's driving around in that flash car. Okay, so I wanted to bring this up because Haley watched it with me from uh, their toilet in the other room using a series yeah. of mirrors as well. Excellent. And <laughs> it was crazy because as soon as it cuts to Alan driving to that like city pop driving jazz yeah. with the top down with that blazer oh, and the sunglasses yeah. walking into that library i stood up and i just said this man is a living vibe and i want to be him <laughs> when he walks into the library it's the most dynamic camera shot i've yeah. ever seen in a, in a in a library it's like this really big, slow, wide pan around the books to, to him. The introduction of Alan, everything is just dripping style and just, <laughs> I, I do not care. I am Mr. Big Shot. Yeah, he really is. I was going to ask, you know, he uses a hollowed out book yeah. and he puts a gun in. You often do that, don't you, Ben? <laughs> Hollow out books and yeah, put all the time. things inside them. So I just wondered if you'd talk us through some of the things you've hidden in books. I hid a hedgehog in one because... Uh, <laughs> live or like taxidermy it's live only briefly i i found it in the garden i wanted to show the boys uh, so yeah. i kept a hedgehog in there but it was fine what else yeah. i often hide yeah. sweets in there because i don't want to share them oh guns loads of guns <laughs> do you remember that time you showed me that hollowed out book and you opened it up it was in the hole was a miniature version of the same book <laughs> Oh, I was absolutely livid. So why are you wasting my time? Russian nesting books are so cool. <laughs> if you had yeah. to hollow out a book, Russ, what would you pop in? So there? I was going to say, I actually, what's really cool is if you open up my copy of House of Leaves, there's a house inside of it. <laughs> and then inside of that house is a copy of House of Leaves. <gasps> wow. And if you open up that copy of House of Leaves, there's another house. No and way. inside that house, there's the desiccated carcass of the abandoned version of the CGI Sonic from the live action Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> movie with the awful human teeth. Oh, God. Um, yeah, the yellowing gray gums. Oh. I'm Sanic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sanic. I'm Sanic. I like spinning. My name's Sanic and I like going fast. Do kids want to pick up some rings? No, it's good to know where Sanic went, actually. Eamon, what about you? What do you keep in your hollowed out books? Oh, um, 
sausages. <laughs> Chilled? Yeah. I cook them up. Yeah. Then I put them into the book, red hot, pop it in the freezer. Yeah. And then when they come out, they're sort of solidified in, into a block, a sausage block, I call oh. it. Like a sentient, like, sausage. Like, I'm expecting this, like, sausage block to come out of the <laughs> yeah. oven and just be like, kill me. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it kind of congeals very nicely because of, uh, they're so juicy. Mm. It's just a very satisfying square of sausage meat. Oh, delicious. And, Do you um, eat it frozen? Well, I find reading hungry business. So if I'm getting reading a book, I get very hungry. Oh, yeah. I can't go downstairs. It's too far. Wait a minute. There's a sausage square here somewhere. I have a little nibble, right as rain. Do you put it in a drink? <laughs> sausage ice cubes. Why haven't they caught? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get your guys' opinions on Alan because like Donnie Brasco, I think is a great movie about someone who's going undercover. And the big thing there is he can never whack someone because he's an FBI agent. But if he were to do yeah. that, then he would be properly in with the family. And, and it's kind of like a point of contention. I find it very interesting that Alan kills loads of people to re- retain his cover. <laughs> it's, I feel like it compromises him, his morality. Did that take you out of the movie at all? And how did it make you feel about Alan as a character? I have no problem with it whatsoever. <laughs> Mostly because like, I tend to view movies in a sense of this takes place in a world that is not the one we exist in yeah. like, at all whatever universe this is in you can like just be like hey i'm going to the bird cage place to go get myself some tea (laughs) and then next thing you know there's like a million bullets flying everywhere yes i don't really have a problem with it i do think it's funny though that they really meditate on like oh man i've killed all these criminals but i'm really sad i'm gonna kill like grandpa triad over here in the warehouse oh man the one criminal i got emotionally attached to i got (laughs) a I got to do this. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's one of the few movies where it's like, you have to murder to retain your cover. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that he takes it remarkably comfortably, Uncle Hoy. The two getting killed. He really yeah. takes that in his stride. This movie has so many great little character moments because everyone who's cast in this movie yeah. is such a capable actor. If there's one trope that I just like love and just more of this trope, please... It's the lovable old gangster who's just like, this is just how the life goes. It's this <laughs> yeah. non-ending cycle of violence. Don't you know this is how the cliche works? Yeah. It's if it, I would rather it be you than any of these other punks out on the street. I love that that's completely unrealistic as well. Like if ever you see on the news that an old gangster has been caught, they always run away. Like they, there's no way they accept that. They do everything they can to get away. And in those foot chases, they're always wearing the same all of them, the same tracksuit yeah, from they are. 1991. It's always a Lacoste tracksuit. You know, he says, "I want you to kill me." Yeah, Alan. yeah. If you were gonna be killed, Ben, <laughs> and you were given the choice of someone to kill you, who would you choose? Oh, I feel like I'd choose someone who would be able to live with that. Like I wouldn't want to pick my wife or my children because it would make them too sad. Mm. So probably someone who doesn't really like me that much, who might get some enjoyment out of it. <laughs> Plenty of them. Yeah, there's a lot of those people. Probably Joe Rogan. 
I'd get Joe Rogan to kill me because he hates oh, me. Oh, yeah. We've, we've really made an impact on him, haven't we? He hates our Oh, guts. he can't stand us. We're really on yeah. his radar. So, yeah, I'll <laughs> let Joe Rogan kill me. And then he can go to jail and that will be the end of his podcast. <laughs> Just have him drop some kettlebells on you. Or an anvil. Someone finally finished the job. Uh, what about you, Russ? Who would you get to kill you? <laughs> I would like to be killed by a mob of the proletariat. I a think mob. that's a good way to go out. Uh, because the, the people mm. get something out of it. You know, they feel yeah. like they've made an impact. And, uh, you know... More often than not, that involves a guillotine, yeah. which like, hey, for like a final view of things for like a last known <laughs> image that your eyes are yeah. going to see, pretty neat. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah. Apparently, like the brain survives long enough that when the person picks the head out of the basket, they, the eyes roll around <laughs> and look at the person holding the head. So there's sure. the next question, Russ. After your head's been cut off by the guillotine and they pick up your head from the basket, who would you like to see? <laughs> uh you know what just hordes of i don't know why but in this fantasy scenario <laughs> yeah, uh, I want, uh yeah. just hordes of japanese salarymen letting out a deep <laughs> sigh of relief and they all just take a nap yeah, i don't know why the good. japanese salarymen are, are fighting for i mean i get why they're fighting for equality but i don't know how i'm entangled in it but <laughs> yeah if I'm the final boss of that, so be it. Like, yeah. Eamon, you asked the question. Yeah, it'd probably be your dad, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's your real dad, man. Well, he's just got a nice way about him. I think he would say some nice words, and I'm, he would just yeah. make it painless. He'd be yeah, like, he would. It's, it's all over now, boy. It's all over. It's all over. You should go to sleep, <laughs> boy. You know, my dad listened to an episode of our podcast and he sent Eamon a text about it. Yeah, and the podcast, the bit, the whole bit was me saying I got along with Ben's dad way better than he did. And then yeah. his so, dad sent me a text message saying, great bit. I, I would have loved it if that text just said, I'm proud of you, son. Yeah, good. Well, th thanks for that question. <laughs> I'm going to keep going with it. If you were going to be shot dead, would you rather be shot in real time or in slow motion? Oh, slow motion. Yeah. Got to be, isn't it? I would like to be shot in a mix of, of slow motion and real time, like that abhorrent uh, visual style Tony Scott used in the movie Domino um, <laughs> yes. to an absolutely wretched extent. Um, and I want everything the color of urine, just like the movie Domino. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to say about the action what really struck me is the film looked quite old because I guess it's well, almost 30 years old 90s, now. And yeah, it was 92. almost very jarring seeing these incredibly dynamic action sequences and camera moves in a film that looked mm. quite old. Because anything else that looks that age, everything is yeah. very static. Everything is shot from two or three points of view and then yeah. it's edited together. But that's the brilliance of John Woo, isn't it? And then, I mean, after Hard Boiled, he came to Hollywood and they drained all the life out of him. He just gets reduced to like, oh, he uses slow-mo and there's dubs. Um, but yeah, this movie is like, it is so tactile. It, yes. There's so much texture to like the explosions. There's dirt and mm. like concrete that gets So much up. dirt. It just all looks so dangerous. Apparently they used 100,000 blanks. Jesus. Oh my lord. Which is insane. And also, <laughs> that all the actors were willing to overdub their voices. So it meant that they didn't have to record their audio during the gunfights because that would have been really, really difficult. Um, so I was wondering if 
if you had to get someone to dub your voice, who do you think you would choose? Well, I've been cursed with a Ray Romano, Kermit the Frog style sort of honking voice. (laughs) So I would go for someone with a very deep sort of James L. Jones. I'd love to hear James L. Jones. (laughs) Booming, bassy, authoritative voice. Deep flushing. That would be brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking the same. I think I'd go with Morgan Freeman for me. Well, I think to balance out the amount of smooth tones coming from y'all's end, uh, I'm just going to say Alvin and the Chipmunks for me. All three of them Mm. at the same time harmonizing. (laughs) In chorus. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because then you'd get to hear the Chipmunks do like terrible improvised uh, bits. Wow, that would sound really nice. (laughs) Damon, you mentioned 90s action. It made me think of the film Terminator 2, which this actually has uh, has a few ties with. So obviously we have the box of roses yes yes i noticed which that was apparently a coincidence it was not a rip-off from either film it was just that they came up with that idea at the same time also innocent people die in terminator 2 uh-huh. but only one this cleaner just gets shot numerous times in the back yeah, yeah. whereas in hard-boiled many many innocent people die how did you feel about that living in a country where this is uh happening about every five minutes yeah boy howdy it hits hard but like, it's also one of those things where it sets up stakes in such a really cool way in, in the yeah. sense of like, no one is safe. Any other action movie, they'd be like, get everybody out of here. And you'd see like everybody like getting out the, not in this yeah. movie, John Woo's like, no people who were, who were there to have a roast beef sandwich. Like you picked the wrong day. <laughs> but that's what's actually one of my favorite moments for that very reason it's the moment where mad dog and alan are about to go at it and they go we'll put our guns down until these innocent folks are out of here and that's kind of like a cool moment in itself and johnny turns up kills them all anyway and first of all it's really refreshing and you don't get to see that kind of thing happen very very often but also it really makes you hate johnny it does the fact that even his worst henchman turns against him again that's brilliant yeah he kills his own henchman because he has some slight conscience he's a complete psycho isn't he apparently in the original script it was going to be all about a psychopath who poisons baby yeah, food there was a thing going around in japan at the time where a bunch of gerber products were getting poisoned and uh, some kids died yeah so they were going to do this movie where tony lung is this psychopath going around poisoning children and Chow Yun-Fat's this detective who's going to take him down. And then John Woo decided, well, Tony Lung's like career is kind of taking off and maybe it'd be bad to like cast him as like the most loathsome person on the planet. Let's instead make him an undercover cop who's got some demons he's got to work with. Yeah. Yeah. So Barry Wong uh, was hired to rewrite the script and he didn't finish it and he died. And then they were they were making up a lot of it as they went along, I think. That's incredible. Which, you know, seeing how it's turned out, it, it is quite incredible. It's pretty fitting that, like, this movie was constructed like a good jazz jam. Oh. And the, the whole theme of the movie is playing it like jazz. Oh, yes. Ben, why can't you make observations like that? That was so classy. Maybe Morgan Freeman should overdub your voice, Russ. <laughs> I'll have the chipmunks instead. Yeah. I think, again, the, the innocent people being killed is very effective. It does raise the stakes, particularly in the hospital scene at the end. Because you have initially the cops are in danger. Then you have the innocent people who are leaving the hospital. And then they throw in the babies. 
Yes. So I have a fun behind the scenes thing about the hospital explosion. So when they were filming, they did two takes of Chow Yun-Fat running from that explosion while holding the baby at the end. The first time the explosion was like pretty dangerous looking and... (laughs) Everyone was like, uh, that's good. I think we got it. Chow Yun-Fat ran into the camera in the process. And John Woo was like, no, it's not good enough. It could be way better. I need three more barrels of gasoline on each side. Redress the set. We're going to re-rig this. Chow Yun-Fat's stuntman is like, I'm not going to do this. And then Chow's like, I trust you, John. I'll do it. And then John Woo's like, okay, but give me the detonator, y'all. And so John Woo's sitting there with the detonator. Everyone's waiting for him to say three, two, one action. He hears rolling. And then he just goes, and, and then he presses the button, sets off the explosion, and then just screams action. So what you see at the end is Chow Yun-Fat's genuine reaction to, holy crap, John's trying to kill me. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? He, <laughs> oh, you can see so it. Good. It is blowing Amazing. up on him. It's not like behind him. He is in the explosion. <laughs> they don't make movies like this anymore. Seeing all this stuff done in camera, like even John Wick, they do digital they do, blood yeah. splatter. And the like the squib work in oh, this movie. Oh my god. It's they must so have used good. about a hundred thousand squibs as well. You know what I'd really love to see is like someone like Christopher yeah. Nolan, who's always going on about practical in camera effects, is just ignore yeah. fractured narrative just for once and just do like a big fat action movie that has loads of like badass gunfights and stuff like that in. I don't think he could pull that off. As much as I love the Dark Knight. I think the fighting is is weak. And the Dark Knight Rises, absolutely dreadful fights. There's no impact whatsoever. Fine. You know you're in trouble when the person who has the title of best Batman fight captured on film is Zack Snyder in the film Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. (laughs) I think action sequences he's very good at. I just don't think fighting. Well, I didn't say fighting. If you, uh, if you want no, to you go didn't. back and listen to what I said. <laughs> See what I have to deal with, Russ? Every week, he's just grinding me down. You know what? I take it back. I stick by what I said. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Eamon, because yeah. uh, I think... Oh, forget it. I, oh, oh, we're best friends now. Just go away. I'm going. I watched Tenet, and I said, wow, this is, this is some great set piece with a lot of story getting in the way. Same. Like, the yeah. car chase in that movie is so good. The gunplay in Inception, too, is also incredible incredible like the car chase and that is also great yeah the hallway fight in inception is great like i know i know that's kind of like high concept because of the the zero g you're right i take your point ben about the i i think you have incredibly high standards when it comes to fighting i want everything to look like the raid basically yeah (laughs) and and the raid is awesome but i think just in terms of like generic action i think you're a little harsh on old chris nolan you're probably right you might hurt his feelings you'll get over it it'll be all right i think every action film has to be defined by action itself yeah to where everything in the plot has to be set forward by someone physically doing something like mad max fury road everything in that movie hinges on a left turn yeah hard-boiled everything hinges on tequila pulling a trigger 
there has to be that one thing to set things in motion. Yeah. I just love that cause and effect. And I think this movie does it so well. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the things kind of about Christopher Nolan. I think like as an action movie, his best action movie is Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. That is literally a movie that is just people physically doing things that have repercussions yes. and have ripple effects throughout the entire movie. That's how I grade an action film. Is it just action? Like literally not just shooting. Is it just people moving stuff? Yeah. And that as a consequence. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. Action sequences are all about problem solving, aren't they? And, and I think the way John Woo uses pace, slowing things down and speeding things up, it makes everything feel fresh and not repetitive. Mm -hmm. Also his use of slow motion, that whole, someone shoots cut to someone receiving the impact. It's not as effective as seeing it all in one go, but John Woo, really sells the impact which a lot of other people can't do mm. but, oh except christopher nolan yay christopher nolan oh he's brilliant isn't he <laughs> can i say this film has i think my favorite teapot throw of all time in it oh <laughs> yes the best yeah i feel like when i watch action films i'll see something unfold and my way of gauging if it's good or not is i'll think oh god i hope he does this next and if it happens, then I'm very happy. So, for example, yeah. when Chow Young Fat smashes that guy in the face with a uh, teapot and he falls backwards, and I just thought, oh, I really hope he throws it at him next. And sure enough, he throws it at him <laughs> in the stomach, and he's like, oh! And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Do you think after that, he went to John Woo's jazz bar and was like, you know... I shot a lot of people, but I feel really bad about adding that extra insult. He didn't need that teapot to the face. <laughs> no, I, I was acting out of line there. Should I write him a letter? There's no remorse about what he did to those villains. I think the use of sound in the film is incredible as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's extended gunshots. There's quick gunshots. It's crazy. I would not want to add sound to this afterwards. Where would you start? Well, you'd start with the utterly obnoxious, but like absolutely anthemic. Bang, 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 that is constantly yes. going throughout the movie. Just those synth hits. Barrages of them. Which leads us actually to a little game we're going to play. Oh. We're going to play you some clips from very famous films. Okay. And we would like you to try and complete the quotes which have been interrupted. So, tell us what the quote is. My mom always said, life was... So, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, well done. Good job. So that okay. first one was from Forrest Gump, Eamon's favourite film. I thought it was from Gorest Fump. <laughs> okay, next one. Love means never having to say it. Love is never having to say you're sorry? Yeah, well done. Oh, you're good at this. So that's from Love Story. I've never seen that movie, but I know that quote for some reason. It's my second favorite film. You love love, don't you, Eamon? I think it's the best. Yeah. Okay, next one. The arrogance of man is thinking nature is in our control. And not the... The arrogance of man is thinking nature is in our control and not the other way around. Let them fight. That's yeah. from Ken Watanabe as Dr. Sarazawa from Gareth Edwards' 2014 <laughs> film Godzilla. I know that because I saw it in theaters wow. about 18 times. Yeah, I thought you might have got that one. 
All right. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched... <laughs> What did he watch? I watched sea beams glitter in the dark outside the Tannhauser Gate, and all these moments <laughs> will be lost in time like tears in the rain. R.I.P. Rudger Hauer, that monologue was entirely improvised. Wow, wait. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> spot on. Very good. Yeah. Blade Runner, 1982. Nice one. It I is... think this is the last one. All right. He is barely made calls. I get a window from a glass, he must get a window from a glass. I get a step, he must get a step. I get a clock radio. <laughs> uh, that voice you may recognize. <laughs> that is definitely Borat. Uh, so he's talking about his okay. neighbor. Is it... I get clock radio. He is Nico Bellic from Grand Theft Auto 4. <laughs> it's a great answer, but I'm afraid it's not true. He says, I get clock radio. He cannot afford great success. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Very well done, Russ. I think you got Fantastic. Amazing all but answers. one. I would have been rubbish at that. Eamon, would you have done well at that? Things like the uh, Blade Runner thing. I know what it's from, but I could not do it verbatim like Russ did. I'd be like, oh, I've seen some bright lights and uh, it made me feel sad. Like I, just... I am known for my total recall. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> During our Midnight Run podcast, we talked about a possible remake, how we thought it would be a terrible idea. But if we were in charge, then, you know, it might be tolerable. So if we were to remake Hard Boiled, who would you cast in the main roles? Okay, so I've got for Inspector Tequila, I would very, very much like Oscar Isaac. Okay, yeah. And to play Alan, I want Pedro Pascal because they're buddies in real cool. life and I think they have great chemistry together. Yeah. For the superintendent, Brian Cranston. Nice. And mm. for... Teresa, because she's super hot right now, get Elizabeth Olsen in there. Oh, yeah. And for Johnny mm -hmm. as the uh, main big bad, I would absolutely love to see Matthew Good because oh, he's okay. he's pretty good at playing a, an icy mm -hmm. evil a sleaze man. evil villain. When you hear my director pick, it's going to make even more sense. Okay. And then for Mad Dog, I think Bautista would be great. Yeah. Because uh, he's a big hot item right now. Uh, and then directed by Chan Wook Park. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the director of Old Boy and uh, a movie called yeah. Stoker uh, that stars Matthew Good as uh, Great villain. choices. I feel like Chan Wook Park would make a very slick version of Hard Boiled. Yeah, I'm on board with them. Eamon? Who, who did you cast? For Detective Tequila, I had Ryan Gosling. He's already a proficient jazz pianist. Mm. But also he has that kind of like cool detachment. He can be very lo lovable, but he can also be remote. He can drive, for example. Yes. 
for Alan, I thought maybe Daniel Brühl. Ooh. He's the guy from Goodbye Lenin, and he was Nicky Lauda in yeah. Rush. He's just a really good actor. He can do complicated feelings very well, and he can play mm. anti-heroes, I guess. I made a lazy choice for Johnny, but I thought Gary Oldman, because he's always a good baddie. For the boss, Inspector Payne? Yes. I thought maybe Harrison Ford. He's a grumpy old sod, but ultimately a good guy. For Mad Dog, I thought Jason Statham. I'd like to see him play a bad guy. Yeah, And then for the the female part, I thought Anya Taylor-Joy from Queen's Gambit, just because she's a very good actress and she's red hot at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, Red hot. Great choices. I don't see why this won't happen. Did you have a director, Raymond? <laughs> Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan's hard-boiled. Yeah. Structurally, it would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I went for quite a young cast, I think, compared to you guys. Mm-hmm. For Tequila, I chose someone who could be a kind of an everyman, uh, yet could hold their own in the action stakes. Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Oh. I think he's uh, very charming and also... I think he could be pretty badass if he needed to be. Andy, I thought Bill Skarsgård, who played It, he is very charming. I saw him in a film called Villains recently, and I thought that was fantastic. I think he could basically do anything. And I think he could play that slick yet conflicted character very well. Johnny, I went with someone who I feel could turn on the sleaze, but possibly hasn't. Anthony Mackie. Ah. He's, He's pretty slick, isn't he? Pang, I thought just because I've chosen Bill Skarsgård, I might as well go with Stellan, his dad. <laughs> oh, I um, love Stellan. Who is awesome. He's and, always good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think he's got the presence. He would command respect. Uh, who would I pick for Teresa? I think I'd choose Margot Robbie because having seen her as Tonya Harding, I know she can do the damaged very well. She's possibly too big. Her part would have to be much bigger. And then for a director... Obviously, Gareth Evans. I was waiting for it. There's no other choice, I'm afraid. It would have to be Gareth Evans, and then it would be awesome. Those are all three very, very unique and different versions of Hardboy. That's really good. Yeah. I guess all that's left is for us to decide whether we would flush this film or fish it out. Russ, you are our guest. Would you flush this film down the toilet or would you fish it out of the bowl and keep it as a trophy on your podcasting desk? (laughs) Here's the main reason why I am fishing this movie out. Because it has a tracking shot that goes on for two minutes and covers two floors that is really just a camera trick where it's one floor and when the elevator doors close, a bunch of crew people are redressing the set. Oh, I'm fishing this out and I'm putting it on a dining cart <laughs> that's going down a hallway, guns akimbo, flinging poo <laughs> yeah. on the walls. Yeah, nice. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that shot's incredible, isn't it? I think they only had one go at that, wow. mm-hmm. apparently, which is insane. What about you, Eamon? Yeah, for sure. Fish this one out. Super good. I'll yeah. tell you what, I was actually a little bit worried because I had not seen this film before. And what I was worried about is that because it was so influential and has inspired so many other filmmakers, I'd watch this and go, Mm. well, I've seen all this before. But I think, because it looks quite old, it was so cool to see an old-looking film with all these really innovative camera moves and great ways of filming action. So fishing this one out, for sure. What about you? Oh, God, yeah, fish it out. I I love it. It's just (laughs) non-stop. 
and I really like the relationships between all the characters and I love all the violence. It's uh, it's exhilarating. Really, really great. For such a violent film, it has so much heart. Yes. Haley hadn't seen it before and when they were watching it from their bathroom, yeah. the series of mirrors, at the end when it shows that Alan makes it out, burst into tears. And, you know, that's what I want from an action film. I, I like I like them to have a lot of heart, and this film has a lot of heart. Absolutely. That is interesting that you mentioned that, because I can't think of any other film where the protagonist would kill quite so many people in cold blood, but still live at the end. <laughs> yeah. It's quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, well, that means if all three of us have voted to fish this film out, I think it needs to go in the tank of glory, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it joins Midnight Run and Brawl in Cell Block 99. Oh my goodness. What a violent, wonderful, stinking tank of <laughs> so glory. So much blood. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. That was really cool. Thank you. That was super fun. I actually enjoyed this. It's the first one I've actually enjoyed. <laughs> Normally, I have to press the electricity belt around his waist to get him jazzed up, but not tonight. I haven't pressed That's it once. Right. Actually, I did press it once, but <laughs> he once did it so hard, I passed out. And that was the best end to a podcast we've ever had. <laughs> No, thanks, Russ. That was really cool. Thank yeah. you. We will definitely do this again. Awesome. I cool. look forward to it. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, then. Bye. Bye. So, yeah, that was Russ, and he was wonderful, and I mean that sincerely. Real good. hope you enjoyed... Well, I know you enjoyed him. I hope you tolerated us being there with him. Uh, well, so now, only one thing left yeah. to do, Ben, and that is our... Uh, Top, top five. fives. So each week we select top five films based around a certain we do. theme. We have to guess each other's picks and the person who wins gets to choose the film for next week. Mm. So uh, slightly different this week. Yeah. The film being hard-boiled, we've chosen our top five egg preparations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suggested this to Ben as a joke. He thought it was real, so it turned into a real competition. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Eamon, you mm. get to guess the first top five egg style. Well, I'm going to say for you, soft-boiled egg. Yes, soft-boiled egg is on there. I must say that I actually can't eat eggs anymore. I've realised that I do have an intolerance. I really enjoy eggs, but I can't eat them. So this is based very much on the past. Also, I can't mm. taste for you, I'm going to go with no. poached egg. Oh, this is a double. I'll give you that. Okay. I've actually put down eggs Florentine, which contains a poached egg. It's like eggs Benedict, but you replace the ham with spinach. Uh, spinach. Yeah. yeah. Super good. Okay. I will say for you, fried egg. Classic fried egg. Again, I used to enjoy them. Next choice for you, scrambled. Yeah. Yeah. Soft scrambled yeah. or hard scrambled? A soft scramble for me, Ben. Here's a double for mm -hmm. me. I'm going to say omelette. Yes, an omelette yes. is on there. Doing well with our picks, aren't we? Well, you have to get this right or uh, you've lost. Oh, God. <sighs> I'm going to go Eggs Royale. No. Oh, no. Ah, no. Yes. I win. What were they then? Okay, so I had uh, Eggs Florentine, omelette, scrambled eggs, eggs on cocotte, which is baked eggs in a ramekin, oh. and then chorizo and eggs. Which is the breakfast special for Midnight Run that oh, the Duke Jesus is obsessed Lee. with. And I have actually eaten and it is very nice. Yeah, I, I didn't like this top five. <laughs> well, it was it was a joke, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eggs, yeah, I like that, yeah. 
<laughs> I went with poached, soft-boiled, fried, omelette, soft scrambles. <laughs> Nothing pretentious about that. Very basic. Yeah. No eggs in a ramekin. No. That's like the equivalent of my Iranian vampire film. I think we're even That's now. That's what I was thinking when uh, I put down an option. I was just like, you'll never get this. So what are we watching next week, Eamon? film I've chosen is 1990s. Robocop 2. Ooh. Obviously, remember the first film incredibly well. Yeah. It's brilliant. I don't remember Robocop 2 well at all. No, I don't either. Just realised it's directed by Irvin Kirshner, who directed Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I never would have guessed that he was the director. So, uh, yeah, super interested to see how that one works. I'm intrigued. So, um, there we go. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Pretty actually did a good show, I think. Thanks, Russ. Russ did a great show. He's (laughs) elevated us. We got out of the way and let him do his thing. Okay, well, follow us on social media and like us, review us, be nice. Yeah, I mean, be like Inspector Tequila. Be nice until you have to be really bad and then bang, 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 shoot people with two guns. Yeah, okay, well, I think that violent imagery (laughs) is the perfect place to to sign off. Yeah, all right, Eamon, do it. Keep flushing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.